Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Rocket Mortgage. Confidence. Support for The Adam Carolla Show comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Why can't clients get approved in minutes, not weeks? Or make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans answered those questions and more. It gives you the confidence to buy a home or refinance your existing loan. Fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. That's right. That's what Rocket Mortgage does. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. What else do you need to know? And again, these guys support the show and are great sponsors. So, Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. To get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash Adam. That's rocketmortgage.com slash Adam. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, the Verve, the Verve Pipes, Brian Vander Ark, with Tina Grant on news and Bald Brian on sound effects. And now, frequent flyer, even more frequent complainer about flying, Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on, got to get it on, no choice but to get on mandate, get it on. Thanks for tuning in, thanks for telling a friend. Lots of stuff to do with you guys today. Some of a, a, a hard-hitting and controversial show ahead planned. First, I'll tell you about uh, LifeLock and LifeLock.com. Use the promo code M, get 10% off. And, uh, of course, our friends over at BetDSI. Code Corolla25. If you get the 25 bucks, get started for free. Good day, Gina Grant. Good day to you. And Ball Brian. Your mother's so old, her nipples look like saladitos. <laughs> Still haven't looked up saladitos. Harsh words. <laughs> Brian Vanderark's coming in, or he'll be on the phone, uh, the Verve Pipe. Uh, we'll play a couple of Verve Pipe songs, uh, Max Zapata and or Brian, just so everyone is caught up on sure. uh, the Verve Pipe. We'll <laughs> tell you about the Verve Pipe. Kevin Weatherly, the biggest and most important program director on the planet in the 90s and the 2000s, the K-Rock program director, the man who'd won... Three Porsches in a row for being program director of the year. Wow. Uh, pulled me aside in 1996 and said, the Verve Pipe is going to be the biggest band that we've ever had come through here. And they've had, you know, all this is some hits. Yeah. But this is back when no doubt was yeah. mm, turn that Nirvana down. All that. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of that. So he believed that much in the Verve Pipe. And the Verve Pipe had this big hit that was just, God, let's see. Number five in the hot uh, 100. Number one, all charts. 97. 97. I was a freshman in college when this came oh, out. Oh, perfect. So of course, for this, you. Is the, this is the anthem. Yeah. When I was young, I knew everything. She, a punk who rarely ever took it by. You can taste the natural light. Yeah. <laughs> with my Dripping of Jacar Noir. That's right. Can't be held responsible. 
that's touching her face I won't be held responsible She fell in love in the first place For the love of me I cannot remember It just keeps going and getting bigger but you guys remember this back with songs or songs yeah not so much pointing at the ceiling right my friend and I discussed this on a uh, podcast as one of the all time top 10 best songs to kill yourself to oh god Mm. (laughs) sweet we'll tell Brian when he phones in in 15 (laughs) Uh, every CD come with a lighter (laughs) there was uh, light yourself on fire there was photograph too which was uh, another hit from the the Verve Pipe from uh, back in the day, which you guys kind of should remember too. So you can get back and get away with putting a four and a half minute song on the radio. Yeah, yeah, I know. What's that? What are we in such a hurry for? We live longer. <laughs> what are we in such a hurry right? for? Yeah. I'll also you can keep it playing, but I'll we're also going to get into this uh, murder case Ooh. that investigative. Uh, we have a very close connection to. Crazy segment, not a segment, episode of 48 Hours. Yeah, full episode. Yeah, it aired last Saturday called The Grapes of Wrath, and uh, it was about a guy named Robert Dahl, who we were in business with, who basically executed his, well, business partner. We'll get into the nuts and the bolts uh, of it, but uh, the guy was a bad egg, and he was in Minnesota, and he went from Minnesota to wine country. And wine country is this place out here that is reminds me of an island with like an indigenous people that don't have any white blood cells to <laughs> fight against like smallpox or turpark. You could there are no bad people there. They're very genuine. And they and they're just oh they're my, my family's owned nice. this vineyard yeah. for yes, 121 yes, years yes. and I'm the grandkids mm-hmm. and we dutifully whatever and this guy rolled into town and nobody had experienced those guys now I'm I'm, I'm sure if you work in the uh, Manhattan in the financial district or the Diamond <laughs> right. District you run into these these shysters mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. and everyone's got their radar on, right. you know, their Discerning, antennas up looking yeah. for yeah, yeah, the yeah. shyster. But this guy was the shyster, but it was like, hey, I just want to make some wine mm-hmm. with everybody and enjoy the good times and make our own beer mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. And he kind of caught everyone off guard. Yeah. And his, pl- a lot of people. his plan was basically get paid and don't pay people back. And <laughs> according to the, and the story we'd heard a couple of years ago, uh, eventually a guy came to his home and said like look we gotta i gotta get my money back like i gave you 800 grand or a million bucks and i'm not seeing anything come out it, it, it go in it didn't come out the other end and uh at some point he just got a gun and and he shot him and he he winged him and the guy was like running through the vineyard and the guy literally ran him down robert Dahl did and executed him it's kind of a it's weird because it's like you shoot a guy and you wing him and he takes off screaming into the phone 911. That's your kind of window to go. I guess I could go out and say I was waving the gun around to try to get his attention right. and it went off by mistake and it winged him and he's still alive and I don't have any history of killing right. people. So I'm not really going to do any real time. Right. But um, he decided he doubled to down. Yeah, he decided to get in his truck and run him down and execute him, and then he killed himself. 
And that same guy, <laughs> thank you, killed himself. That guy, that same guy was. Dawson said so! That same guy got in a screaming match, match with Mike August and, and announced he was going to kill Mike August. Oh my God. Now, uh, many people have fantasized about killing. Core. Oh, I know. He never mentioned it again. <laughs> many people have fantasized about killing Mike August. <laughs> yeah. Many, many. We talk Loved about it all ones, the time. Co-workers, family members. Associates. <laughs> Associates. <laughs> folks that have to drive Cashiers. either with him or around him on the highways and byways people of America. General proximity. <laughs> but most of these people, most them then don't go out and assassinate the vast majority people <laughs> who they essentially have the same relationship right. with. Mike was saying, you owe our salespeople money, you're a thief, you're a liar, and this guy started screaming at Mike that he was going to kill him. Oh my God. And thank God he wasn't uh, in the same yeah. neighborhood. Thank God he's on the phone. Uh, so they did a 48-hours and of, of course, they never contacted me or us. Which you were is mentioned? Yeah, you had a nice uh, video, right? And uh, our relationship was was different. We did make money. He didn't pocket all our money. They never quite craft no. the story. The story's always a little confusing and never quite right. Uh, which As is I weird that you didn't get the money the the total amount that you had probably made or owed or earned or whatever it was. Like you got paid some, but there was money left on the table. As it, I understand it, it was thank from you the special right. I don't know how we got to ask Mike how they depicted it mm. in the whatever, but we we are one of the few people that actually got in and got out with it's our with our money. Most mm. people got in and didn't get a, a penny back. Uh, no telling what this guy exactly was grifting or co- book cooking or whatever, but we ostensibly got what we 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 got our end of the deal. And at some point, we had to sue him. And then at some point, he was saying, I remember very clearly, it's like, he's got 10,000 cases of Mangria, uh, and um, he wants the money. And I, Mike was like, fine, let's send an inspector over to make sure he's got the 10,000 right. cases. No inspection. Right. No inspection, which is always, that's all you need like, to know in life. Like, and I was like, we're not going to pay you the money unless we can inspect the product mm. before we take it's in the warehouse it's all there there's 10,000 cases fine then let someone go over there and verify there's right. 10,000 cases and then we'll pay you for the product and then we'll take the product no nobody comes on the property that's the kind of guy sure. he was so of course Jeez. i said to mike there's no 10,000 if there's 10,000 cases sitting in a warehouse and you want $50,000 and you want to get rid of it then you welcome the person yes. to come over you inspect turn, the 10,000 cases as quickly as possible can't can, so you can get a check and so we wanted our product of course the product was never there. That's one of the the memories I have of the guy. But uh, we were like up at his shop. I think I was doing a race in Sonoma, and we went and did a signing at his at his dear God at his shop. And it's like we're drinking wine and taking pictures and, and schmoozing with him. Like you like plenty of actual FaceTime with this dude chasing business partners to the vineyards. Right, absolutely. Because these guys are con artists. They can't sit there. With the you know Darth Vader hood and mask on and cape and breathe and they have to come across as fun loving and friendly right. and easy. If they, if, they, if they come across as who Creepy. they are, no one no one's getting in business with them. There you was, have to yeah. drink wine with them. And there was such a great example of it on on the show when after I, I guess it was mudslides and hurricanes or fires, mm-hmm. I, some you oh, know natural he was... disaster. He is standing in front of like police tape and a devastated area, and they are saying like, so this would. Be be a bad time to come visit wine country and he is standing around complete devastation yeah. oh no never been never better been things are great please come, come on, on down, come drink on. with us <laughs> it's 
insane. Yeah, the the thing that was really, I guess, what you call a a tell is probably about six months before we got out of business because it it started off fine and we made money and he made money and everything was fine and then it, it quickly sort of turned into he wasn't paying the salespeople mm-hmm. and those guys need to get paid or they're not going to sell the product this that and the other and that was part of the problem mike was yelling at him if you don't pay the salespeople, then that makes you a thief. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how thieves have this weird, violent reaction being called what they are, yeah. you know, or lie. Liars are the same way. Yeah. Like I know people who lie. And then when you go, you're lying about that. Get, oh my God. I can't <laughs> believe you, you, ever, you ever. You ever. And it's like about the thing you do. <laughs> like, I, it's, 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 it's a weird thing, but I guess it's all part of their right. construct. Yeah, the they have. Um, you know, Mike basically said, look, if you don't pay the sales guys, then you are a thief. And he went nuts and said he went kill. Now we have, we won't play it yet, but we have exclusive video. Oh, this my. Fantastic. Oh, my. Mike on the phone with Robert Dahl, the killer, screaming at him uh, and vice versa. I, I guess. I don't know why Mike rolled tape well, Mike's, on it. Mike's going to be here. Jay's going to be here. You're all assisted to cool drinks now. Jay Miller. Both yeah. of whom have a background in law, so they'll have some perspective on it. And the video comes from Choppy, who was filming him at uh, Kimmel's office, thinking it was really funny. And then oh, now good. He, does, he thinks it's a little less funny now. How funny is that, Choppy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got that game film to break down. Yes, Gina Gray. Do you think, I'm just uh, pontificating here, you think that the reason why you got just enough to be sort of hushed and not be in the full thick of the problems is because you're a media person, you have you know access to a mic, you have a big audience, and he wanted to keep you just happy enough while still ripping you off? You know, that, that could be part of it. Mike is going to do better at answering those kind of questions. I think maybe naively in in this particular business he was doing with us he was making money and we were making money i think in the past he says give me a million dollars i'll open a brewery but then he makes no money off it until he's done with your million dollars in this particular case he was making the product people were buying the product he would make more product people were buying product like it was actually money was coming in and it wouldn't have behooved him to just at the very beginning, go, no, you get no more money because this was it, it was it was working at a certain point. I it okay. stopped. And we'll we'll ask Mike, though. Michael have these answers. Jay Miller will have these answers. Yes, both. Both attorneys or Jay studied to be an attorney. Mike was an attorney. Jay and I were before the show. We were talking about the 48 hour special we had both watched. And he well, I'll tease this because he'll talk about when he comes in. But he noticed something or he knew a bit of information that didn't make the air that he's like, this this really cast not a new light, but really sharpens the focus Ooh. on the uh, on some of the details of the end stages of this whole thing. So very interesting. All right. So we got that to uh, deal with. I also attended my first Oscar rundown uh, meeting last night at Kimmel's with what I thought was going to be basically a joke writing session, but it turned out to be a kind of nuts and bolts of Mm. who's presenting, who needs to say something, who doesn't need to say something, uh, (laughs) what categories we can do and what we can't do, what can we, little tricks and the gimmicks and uh, who's coming back and how it's going to work. And it's uh, tons of stuff I can't talk about. Did you at least get accolades for the fanciness of your clothing? Yeah, did they acknowledge Because I'm sure everyone else is in a dirty baseball hat and holy sweatpants. Yes, we talked about 
the first, well, we spent a few minutes on my dress for success, mm-hmm. and then we spent the lion's share of the time arguing over the fruit of the year and how Damashek was oh, insane yeah. with this honey crisp apples, and everybody Fair. weighed in on that. And sure. we spent about a half hour on arguing about honey crisp and apples and how that was an insane fruit, a fruit of the year. Did you bring up Cash Wide Dick? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my name. I mean, that's, that's, the equivalent of of, of calling it a honey crisp apple was it a um was it also a restless cock syndrome uh, <laughs> i did not get meeting? into that but i will have a button fashioned okay oh i gotta get a button for yeah. the oscars yeah, we'll yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it'll just be my rc my Time rcs and i'll just put on and won't say anything yeah. but every picture i'll have my i'll have that i'll have the <laughs> rcs button okay so somebody listening make me a lapel button yeah. 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 a nice too. one it's for a nice event for, for RCS. Yeah. yeah, some yeah, some that's going to look look right at the Oscars. Uh, so and then we had people, you know, from the Oscars like show up or the network and the Oscars or whatever. They kind of sh- tell you what you can do, what you can't do. It's it's an interesting really process because you could imagine they're not going to let you just go do whatever you want. Right. It's their Oscars. Yeah, yeah, of course. On the other hand, they want it to be entertaining and spontaneous and topical and little stuff and you're gonna have to run it up their flagpole and see see what they think do you submit all the are all the jokes submitted to the network before they go live um well jimmy now doing it for a second time has more leeway right right right. which is nice always good to be back and uh first time is kind of prove it and everyone has their arms folded now they realize how great he was so we got that working for us especially the very next year it doesn't feel very common to do back to back not since the movie the billy crystal days or- i don't um i think it's because he knocked it out of the ballpark That's what I mean. and, and they love working with him and he's so dedicated to it and everything else and the part where no I, I, here's what i would say you don't really have here's as much as i know you don't have to have jokes approved per se now there's obviously this sort of self-governing and right. self-policing sure. that goes on because it's prime time. It's front of this. Nobody's going to go Artie Lang on anyone's ass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just, it's career suicide right. to get in there right. and start really getting into the race yeah. and the sex and stuff. So, so the people, so, you know, people are pretty good. We're, Jimmy's good at policing himself. He's not going to wear that edges. And then you get up and do it in rehearsal and you see what the response is and, the and, and, and all, and all, and all of that. So, but I don't think per se they go, don't do this. Right. What they could say is, this is against the rules. Like, you can't do this. Okay. You know, you can't come out and pretend, have a fake envelope with someone else's right. name written in it or something. Like, that's against, it's like kind of some game show sure. rules in there. Yeah. And or you can't make fun of the in, in memoriam or, or whatever. Like, this is our, this is our okay. franchise. Like, you can't do certain things. Yeah. But in general... Wide open to uh, good spontaneous ideas, and uh, we're all feverishly working on nice. them. Brian Vanderark is on uh, line two. Brian, hey, what's happening? Hey, man, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm at a Flying J uh, truck stop near Dexter, Michigan. You, you guys are all from the Michigan area, right? Yeah, or the oh, state yeah, of Michigan. Been, yeah, we actually stay here. Yeah, believe it or not, I still live here. That kind of makes that makes sense. How's your brother doing? You know, he's 
still a bit of a douche, but <laughs> <laughs> he's all right. He's uh, he's playing in a cover band, uh, and uh, and he's having a good time. You know, I mean, I, I love my brother. Has it ever really worked out the brothers in the band? Whether you go with the Kinks Oasis. or Oasis, no, definitely not Oasis. <laughs> no. Has, why would you want to be out on the road with your brother? I have no idea. You've just spent how many? 18, 17, 18, 19 years with him. Why would you want to be out with your brother? I have no idea. But, Actually, but, Brad, Brad was great on the road because uh, Brad was a chick magnet. He was yes. the one that brought all the girls around. You know, uh, and he was the one that had the best. Uh, he had the best outfits. He took the rock and roll so seriously. He had a pair of pants that he super glued pennies to. <laughs> the entire thing was made of pennies, and then he put it on one night and said he couldn't even move. It weighed like three hundred pounds. He was the uh, heartthrob of the band. Although Brian Vanderark's a heartthrob, but he. Brad had the boyish good oh, looks, which yeah. always works with yeah. the with the groupies mm. better than the manly, kind of good, pretty good looks. Yeah, it's, un- it's unfortunate that that is the truth. The manly looks don't really do it in rock and roll. It's always the boyish look. The yeah. um, although I think those two twins, the Proclaimers, yeah, I feel like those <laughs> yeah, guys yeah. do okay. <laughs> what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, they don't have a choice. We right? cut to the Proclaimers are haggard. <laughs> the uh, years have been tough. <laughs> so uh the verb you know, by yeah sorry the goes solo that it's the proclaimer the right? proclaimer <laughs> just the one proclaimer <laughs> the verb pipe is uh back on tour they're uh, going to be playing in uh new york homer new york uh central is it oh sorry center of arts that is uh tonight as you hear this january 11th and then uh asbury park new jersey the stone pony legendary tomorrow the uh 12th at uh stone pony in uh, asbury park so um Brian, when did um, tell us the arc of the Verve Pipe? You guys started off in Michigan. You were yeah. you were together what year? Ninety two. When did you guys form? Yeah, ninety two. Ninety two. We got together. We uh, we scraped together about five thousand dollars and recorded our first album. And we sold you know like ten thousand copies, and then then we made another album. We sold about thirty thousand copies, and then uh, and then we got signed to RCA, and and now we're up to two or three million, which is nice, right? It's crazy. I mean, I was saying off the air when uh, Kevin Weatherly, biggest program director in the world for K Rock, just went, "These guys are the real deal." Like we sat down, he kept explaining. He also told me Ricky Rackman had it. Yeah. So take it in the spirit. <laughs> which is, They're not all home runs. You got to yeah, consider the source. He wasn't right all yeah. the time. Was it in the same sentence? No, no. He Let gave me it. tell you about the two greatest. No, we talked about what Let me I tell you about the Ricky Rackman of bands. <laughs> we took 20 minutes to talk about what I did wrong on the radio, and then we, we segue nicely back into the Verve Pipe and Ricky, Ricky Rackman. You know, I have a Ricky Rackman story real quick. He came into the studio for our uh, follow-up album, the sophomore record release for us, you know, after uh, Villains, our big one. And he said, and he said quote, this is going to be huge. And it was a huge failure. <laughs> it's contagious. Oh, wrong. So yeah. Well, you know what? You know what's kind of nice. Uh, I'll tell you what's nice about time. I yeah. saw Ricky a few months ago because now we're underway doing uh, K Rock. We're doing a documentary on K Rock, yeah. and uh, I hadn't seen Ricky in a million years, and we didn't leave on the greatest terms. 
And uh, I came to my shop and the film crew was like set up over there. And I just kind of walked into it. And there was uh, Ricky and he had his Harley Davidson uh, in the parking lot and a little gray around the temples. And we hugged it out and yeah. said, how are you doing, brother? And it's nice when uh, the testosterone starts to ebb a little bit and the estrogen yeah. kicks in and all yeah. those guys with all the battles and all the energy and all the everything just yep. sort of turns into yeah. how your kids start crying at Subaru commercials. <laughs> sure, right. I mean, the kids are the humbling part of the whole, uh, the whole scenario. I mean, the kids bring you down. You realize nothing else matters. So, you know, who am I? You know what I mean? Uh, once you have those kids, that's it. It's done. Adam has those thoughts, but the opposite. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. If you swap out kids for my cars, then yeah. we'd be right back at, <laughs> at it again. Yeah. When yeah. are you going to be in L.A. next, Brian? Oh, man. I'll come out anytime. Uh, I love it out there. And frankly, it's cold as balls here. <laughs> I can imagine. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a couple months. It'll be a couple months, but I'll be out there. So you guys, we can come out and play out here? Absolutely. I'll play wherever anybody will have me. <laughs> well, studio. if you go to uh, the Did Verve... that sound desperate? That seemed desperate. No. no I feel they do the same with comedy. <laughs> Theverfpipe.com is where you go for tour dates. And then when you come into town, let's uh, set you up and knock out a little acoustic set or something. Oh, man. I do that. I do it in a heartbeat. I appreciate that, man. No doubt. Thanks, Brian. Uh, again, go Thanks, to Dave. go to theverpipe.com and check out real good band. I've seen them, seen them live. Some at the Roxy's, I remember. And uh, yeah, you want to talk about uh, Chick Magnet? Uh, younger brother Brad showed up with. Um, well, year? I'm. Gonna, we can we can guess this. You can? No, no, I'm, I'm saying we can cast an absurd guess. Okay. Uh, well, this would have been height, height of the powers, you know, 1998, 1997, right, okay. whatever. And you got to... Now, this is, a, this is a deep... It's not a deep cut, but Jennifer it's... Jennifer But it's like, it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, no, but okay. it's like it's like when you when you see her, I'm trying to summon her name because it's this weird thing. This, this Hollywood, Dude. you go like, think, you know... Y- Hollywood's one of these places where you go, look at all, there's all these people that are, you know, top of the world one day, and then, and now, like, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, been, yeah, I'm yeah, making my own point, which yeah, is sure. I can't even remember her name. Nev Campbell. I think I got it. Gretchen, yeah, keep Gretchen going. Gretchen Mall. Oh. Uh, <laughs> the hot blonde chick from Melrose Place. Lacey Chabert. She would have been Ooh, about 12. Nice. <laughs> are you ready? Here it comes. Lauren Holly. Oh, oh nice. Lauren Holly. She, wasn't Pick she married to uh, Jim Carrey? Yeah, and she was also on All My Children. Uh, yeah, and like so. Dumb and Dumber yep. or whatever. Yeah. Like she's very pretty lady. Now, how hot in terms of career and good looking was Lauren Holly in 1997? Yeah. And game. now, when's the last time? I'm not saying she doesn't work, but I mean we're not talking about her like we Currently, talked yeah. about her then. So. Yeah. He was like kid in band, wow. like twenty one year old guy in band pulling mm. pulling a a list. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get a button for that too. I'm put that on the other <laughs> lapel. Here, you take this. What for? <laughs> I will You're explain. Welcome. He's a uh, Indian exchange student who has uh, <laughs> a cerebral palsy. <laughs> A list poon. Who's Alice Poon? Uh, she's well. We spot. I don't know if we call it sponsor. Yeah. 
We don't sponsor. For every, Sponsor's for every kind of a big, we can get to wear It's not this. really adopt. Yeah. I don't know if it's a sponsor. Francis McDormand wins for three people. The list for all this. All this food, everyone. <laughs> uh, yeah. All this. All this poon. All this. Alish Poon. He's well. He's currently in a in a uh, prison in Bangladesh. Uh-huh. And for by the way, for he's a journalist. He's free. Right. Alish Poon. Free Alish Poon. The whole crowd. All right. Kimball's finest moment. Yeah. So that I, I remember being at like the Roxy. I remember seeing like the Verve Pipe pretty much the height of their powers. I remember going like backstage and saying hi to everyone and saying Brad like at the height of his powers and everyone and Lauren Holly at the height of her powers. And of course she did what you have to do when you're hot and at the height of your powers and it, the local radio DJ guy comes up and wants to say hi. She asked for a fresher drink. Complete like blow off. <laughs> Give me another glass of wine. Yes. Yeah, Iced out. But I remember, uh, yeah, A-list boon. Wow. Pulling A-list boon. All right. Very uh, fetching young woman. Yes, yes. Now, the question is, Brian's Brian's younger brother, Brad, was probably like four or five years younger. I, mean, I was going to say. She is more my age, probably. I mean, he was probably 23. All right. He was more like right, 31 Lauren. or something. Like, it was, yeah, uh, it was a little, uh, little it, May, girl. December uh, Get it. thing Stella going on. Back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. <laughs> All right, let me tell you, uh, we'll get into this whole uh, 48 hours thing. I'll tell you about uh, LifeLock first, man. Mm, post-holiday sales shopping, doing it from your mobile device. Scammers can steal your credit card info and other data with phony retail apps. Only download apps from reputable stores and read reviews for complaints about the malware, man. You don't want the malware. One in four people experience identity theft. If you're only monitoring your credit, your identity can be stolen in ways you may not detect. Thieves could get your information and then put it up on the dark web or get an online payday loan in your name. You don't want any of that, people. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats. If you've got a problem, their U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it, but you won't have a problem. Because you're smart. You got LifeLock. Come on. It's 2018. You're online all the time shopping. Let's get some LifeLock, right, Dawson? Yes, and no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. LifeLock can uncover threats that you might miss. Join now and get 10% off with promo code ADAM. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code ADAM. That's ADAM to save 10% now. All right. Uh, why don't we get the guests? I know what Steve Bert, we're going to call up. Why don't we get August in here? Let's get August in here now, and then we'll do him, and then we'll figure it out, and then we'll break a a little later, and we'll do the news and uh, all that good stuff. Wait, is August going to be in here for a long time? Should he bring a snack? (laughs) Just fills cheeks up like a squirrel. Yeah, Mike August is here. I have some crackers if you need them. Me and Mike August, Irvine Improv, January 25th, Cobra. Cobra. Up on stage with uh, Mike August. Cobra. 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 Very, uh, he was stellar when we did it on the cruise ship. And you can hear that, by the way. I think you can get the basic cable commentary uh, from the cruise now on iTunes, if you like. Uh, And then you can say hi to him. 
Dawson wants you to tilt Adjust, the mic yeah. down. That's what he wants. Uh, say hi to him at uh, the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C. I'll be there February 9th doing stand-up. And Bucket Mike, list date. Mike will be there. Corolla playing the Kennedy Center, everybody. Yeah, nothing That's to sneeze at. huge accomplishment. Mike, the Ted Kennedy Center. Mike will be... Uh, <laughs> Chappaquiddick. Mike will be... Uh, yeah, the George Kennedy Center. <laughs> it's outside of Little Rock. Uh He'll be there selling uh, T-shirts and books and stuff after the show and take, taking everyone's picture. All right. So, uh, so Mike, you're very good at this stuff. You're, you're astute. You're a lawyer. You, you know the business. You saw the 48-hour special. So yes. let's just tell us what you know. How did, how did the whole thing come about? You mean for on the well? I think I, I, I think we have a fan in the in Steve Birch, who's basically a chemist, winemaker, yes, who work who basically make, can make you whatever it is you want in yes. the wine. Yeah, he's property. a uh, Napa Valley, you know, career, uh, you know, the equivalent of whatever a brewmaster is. He's a wine master. He's, so and a good guy, and he heard, and he's a fan, and he heard me. He's a vintner. Dintner. He heard me talking about Mangria, and he contacted us, and he said, I can make this yes, for you. Yes, he did. I can make it to your specifications, and tell me what you want to do with it, and I will get you some samples, which he did. Right. And you, we got it down here, and we sampled it, and it was, you know, I think there were some tweaks that needed to be made, but it, it turned out to be a very, very good product. Right. So it's the, the next step was, okay, now that we've got a product, how do we how do we do this? He goes, well... I work for this company called California Shiners, which, okay, it's based in Napa Valley, and we are the biggest independent wine contracting company in all of Napa Valley, which is saying something, because this is Napa Valley. I mean, this is not, you know, Pittsburgh. And Shiners n- now, <laughs> yeah, Honey Apple Crisp, by the Shut way. Shut up. It, yeah, fruit of the year. It really consumed most of the Oscars <laughs> yeah. meeting, was arguing about when an idiot Damashek was with a stupid apple. <laughs> People standing up Outrage. like, were we supposed to be writing jokes? And I'm standing up and I'm going, they put a wooden bowl full of apples at every hotel. Imagine if there were Rainier cherries. They'd be out of business. Those people would be eating them by the handfuls and they'd go out the of decoration. business. They could never refill like, them fast enough. The like, garnish. We have no Oscars almost, ever. Almost no Oscar talk. <laughs> well, that's going to be the monologue. So It'd be great if Dave wasn't there. <laughs> he, was no, he wasn't there. Oh, that's no, right. no, he was definitely he was there. absolutely oh, God, no. not there. Oh, God, no, no, we're trying to write jokes. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need distraction. No, he was not You're writing there, jokes. and we still did forty minutes on him and his Shut apple. Up. Stupid apple, fruit of the year. He wasn't there. No, he wasn't there. <laughs> Why no. would he be there? Ron the Man Show. So Ron the Man Show. You're writing the Oscars. Yeah, of course. So, um, so all right. So the Shiners. Basically, is a term that essentially yeah. means we'll make you a bottle without a label. Yeah, right. we didn't your, realize that. I, I saw didn't know that what that meant. Yeah, yeah. put so your clever. label on it. Right. I mean, he was he had a great business. They they told us Birch can confirm this. You know, the year before they contacted us, they were like only been in business two years. They'd done a million cases of wine to China, right? Because Napa Valley wine is you know among the finest in the world, and so the Chinese are crazy for wine. So what he did was this guy Robert Dahls. He built a business. You know, all these vineyards up in Napa Valley, there's 50, 60 giant vineyards. They don't, they make a ton of juice. They don't bottle and sell it all themselves. They can't. They don't have enough capacity. They don't have enough sales for it. So, but they've got excess capacity, excess product. So what they do is they, they sell it to whoever will buy it in the world. So this guy, Robert Dahl, comes into town, opens up an industrial warehouse at the Napa Valley airport. He's in a, he's in a facility. He's in like 
50,000 square feet right at the airport. People should know who aren't from the area or know, don't know the area. Napa, the city of Napa, is not Napa Valley. Napa Valley yeah. is like these little towns, you know, yeah, yeah. Yountville, Santa Helena, Oakville. Like this, what you saw in the 40 Hour Special, the Rolling Hills and all that yeah, stuff, yeah. the tasting rooms. Napa is industrial, or at least it was for the many years. You know, warehouses, bottling facilities, trucks. Right, right. So that's where he's set up. So he's not a vintner. He's not a vineyard guy. He's a guy buying... He's a mass quantity guy. Tens of thousands of gallons. You walk in his facility, he's got vats the size you know, of Willy Wonka, full of juice that he's, bought, that he's bought. And now he's got to turn it into product. So he needs Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla is a great piece of business for him because we take this product called Mangria. We take wine. We infuse it with alcohol. We add some fruit. comes together as Mangria. And it's a really quality product because we're using Napa Merlot. I mean, every, when we took the product out, the distributors that we would sample it with would taste it and go, you know, you don't have to use a wine of this quality to make this product. I mean, what they're saying is you could use cheaper wine, still sell for the same price, and cr- increase your margin. But nay, you said. Nay. Well, as Adam always said, it's got to be a great product because if it's a bad, if it's Boone's Farm, you're going to try it once, you're not going to come mm. back. We've been selling this product now for five years because it, it really is a quality product, you know? So it's not a we, we So he's making it, and we're selling cases. We're selling cases. And we're selling over the internet to start. He's making money, and we're making money. We're doing good. We had a great first year. And we went down. I think I went and did a race at Sonoma, and we went yep. by and did a tasting. We and went to uh, his facility. We did a book signing at his facility where he made the Bangria. Right. And then we also sold bottles and signed bottles and, you know, met Dahl, met his family. Right. Um, got know. a bunch of people show up. I did a, yep, <laughs> gave a, gave a little talk, decided I mean, look uh, at those vats. Look, look at the size of those giant vats. vats. Right. He's got a giant business, right? This is right. a very legitimate business that we're talking about. And, uh, by August, the way, August is tuned out. Don't <laughs> sleep on the, uh, don't sleep on the, ru- don't sleep on the that's Russian. The oh, yeah. Matt the Andrew is there. Yeah, Matt was there because I was doing a car race. Oh, right. That's right. Uh, Mike's one that's filming beautifully. That's that don't sense. sleep on the Russian River Pinot Noir, by the way, which I sampled there. Yeah, that's uh, Napa Valley. It's, it's one of the finest. So, so all right. So things are going along good. Very he, well. He comes down here. He's mm-hmm. a jovial guy. There's a little weird. Uh, bump in the road which is we're in minneapolis doing a show <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we're in minneapolis and we're lined up we're what which is we where are, he's from he's from, he's from minneapolis. Dollars from minneapolis and we would do the thing where we go to minneapolis we line up a couple shows that night that afternoon we're down at the you know uh bob's booze bunker and I'm signing <laughs> yeah. hundreds of bottles of mangria before then going and doing two shows that night of course mike's there taking pictures and everything else and at some point, a guy comes up to us and he goes, uh, hey, I'm Robert Dahl's brother. Oh, wow. Hey. And we do that thing that everyone does, which is try to try to overdo it a little. Like, oh, oh, hey, oh brother. Oh, yeah, hey, great, guy. great guy. Great guy. Makes yeah, a product great. for us. Yeah, he's a great, great guy. He's like, he's like, yeah, I know. He's an asshole. <laughs> oh, it's my his God. Brother. It's his like, brother. And oh. it's like, and, and he even gave well, us a kind of. Better? <laughs> yeah, he gave us like a, you better watch it or something oh, like that. Like, yeah, yeah. He gave us like a weird, like, like, you don't, you, uh, don't know, you don't know who that guy is. Yeah, yeah. He's all the way there to tell you that, to Pr- warn pretty you. Pretty much. Yeah, he's from Texas. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, yeah. So pretty much. I was like, oh, that was weird. That but, was bizarre. Uh, okay. But uh, then again, uh, everyone's got a brother or sister. Sure. Probably hates her. My sister probably do the same thing. <laughs> so, so uh, then when does it start to kind of come unraveled a little It comes unraveled. We had started in the summer of what year was that? 11, are we saying, or 12? 12, 12, 12, summer of 12. 
spring of, of 2013, Mangria is doing really well on the internet, right? We're selling it through the, the, the site. 38 states in the country can buy it. Sales are very good. Doll's making money. We're making money. Everybody's happy. So now the next question is, well, why, why don't we put it in stores? It's doing so great. We, you know, why do you have to wait 20 days to the internet and shipping costs? It should be in your local liquor store. And we're like, this is no doll talking to us. And we're like, okay, we don't know anything about it. You know, all we, we market the product. He makes it, produces it, fulfills it, sells it, bottles it, does all the stuff. So now we're going to go into the distribution business. And he gets me and Adam on a, on a go-to-meeting internet conference call. And he's got a sales executive from, I think, Southern or some other major distri- distributor, 25-year experience guy, he's going to take on the sales of Mangria, and we're going to blow this product up, man. This thing, instead of, you know, we're going to do 10,000 cases this year, which is okay, on the internet, we're going to do 100,000 cases this year, selling to stores and distributors and hotels all over the country. Great. Who wouldn't get, want to support that? Within two weeks of that meeting, I'm not getting my emails returned from the sales guy anymore, oh, no. right? Within two more weeks, I call up Steve Birch, who you're going to hear from in a second, who was our guy at, at Robert Dahl's company. So what happened to the sales guy? Oh, he's, he's gone. <laughs> what do you mean gone? Hey, he moved to Indiana. <laughs> he moved to Indiana, just like that. Yeah. Better you know, wine there. Yeah. Better wine. So right. immediately, my, like, I'm like, something's really, really wrong here because this, we got this full-on pitch, and this guy was motivated, and he had a sales strategy, and we put – you know, a marketing package together. Can I ask a question? Not yeah. even a question, but what's something I observed for both from the special and mm-hmm. now just listening to you. It's crazy that so many people were willing to get into business with the guy without like just doing right. background or whatever. And obviously, you knew Steve and Steve vouched for him or whatever. It's, sure. No, it, it, it's in crazy. retrospect, you go, wow. But I'm saying, you look at that video, look at that facility, it's, look at what was yeah, going he on. He has the goods. It's very legitimate. You had no idea. He was the he was the biggest independent contract winemaker yeah. in Napa, and that's a big thing. Undisputed, yeah. It was a multi million dollar business. It just was being run by an arch criminal. We didn't know oh, that. Crazy. But this is how, how we found out. So now the distribution thing is is teetering. But you know, we've already got pumped out about it. We have a guy who uh, who's been working with us on the side, kind of repping the product, who stepped in. And took on the sales for us. And I, we made Dahl take that guy on. And that guy went and met with Robert Dahl. And I called him after the meeting. I said, well, how was, how was your sit-down? He goes, that was the worst meeting I've ever had in my life. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, that guy is a complete fucking prick. I've never been insulted in my life like this. I've been selling wine for 25 years. I've been importing wine. And this guy who's been in the wine business as far as I know for three years is telling me, you know, how I, I, I'm not capable of, you know, undertaking this. I'm just, I, I can't, I'm, I'm going to do it for you guys, but I'm never talking to him again. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. So it's like, so now it's, wow. You're so this guy, I'm really getting feedback. my spider sense up. And at that same point that the distribution now is coming together, all of a sudden our royalties from Angria, which have been paid steadily, stopped. I mean, just, it wasn't like trickled down or fell off. Stop the money stopped coming in. So now I'm really getting upset, mm-hmm. right? So now I'm starting to have conversations with this guy, Robert Dahl, about first of all, I want to see your accounting because I, I want to, we got to reconcile what we've been paid, what we're owed. I need to know where we are. That's not coming. If he had been smart, he would have tapered it off and not raised any red flags. Right. But if he stopped, he's saying, a criminal. Though. Slow year, he's yeah. got to remember, we don't know this. He's in full bust out mode. What we didn't know was when he was moving us into the distribution business of wine, he was out of the wine business. He was done making <laughs> wine because. 
He, we God. found out later when we went up to Napa. I went up with the, our sales guy. He became guy. a publicist where he was embraced. <laughs> where these qualities. Are, <laughs> where he can use these kind of yeah. qualities. Yeah. Some of the Coming best in. natural abilities of a publicist. Yeah. He had stiffed everybody in the valley by that time. He'd been buying wine for people. But you know, with other vendors, you need a guy to sell you bottles and labels. And you need machinery. And you need workers. And you need to pay your rent. He was stiffing everybody. He'd been taking all the money off the top, not paying people for months. And it all rolled up on him where he couldn't get any, he couldn't buy any more wine. He couldn't get any more cartons and labels or, yeah. or corks or anything. Who, who's the guy he executed? That was a guy we didn't know. We never dealt with that guy. That poor guy was a, this tech you know, Silicon pro guy, from right? Silicon yeah. Valley who wanted to be in the wine business. And he somehow got introduced to a guy named Robert Dahl, who's this big contract wine guy. And together... We're going to go out and do some wine business of whatever type. I don't know. And just six degrees of separation. Not that, you know, not not that intimate. But he financed and was in Mm. Maz Jabrani's movie. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder. Yeah. Comes in here from time to time. Yeah, Yeah. Maz has feelings about it. Yes. So he was into him to the tune of like eight to a hundred to a million bucks or something. 800,000 cash. And he probably followed up with another four. It was like 1.2 million was what he would. He had funded Dahl's Dahl Vineyard with. And we'll hop around in the timeline here, but he showed up at some point to have a sit down with the attorneys on the phone, right? Attorneys to just on the sort phone. of talk about they were closing their deal. They were they finally, after months of litigation, this the investors coming to Dahl Vineyard to get to sign a document that says here's I'm going to be repaid my 1.2 million, and then we'll never have to talk to each other again. Right now, you're not meeting a guy in an abandoned train, right? Right, uh, car. You're man, you're going to his vineyard, you know. So it yeah. seems like all Legit. right. Well, this guy can pay me back. He's got his big house in the background. Yeah, yeah. So I, do you think Dahl was planning on executing him while yes. he was coming over? I absolutely do. Yeah, I think it was, it was all premeditated. He had a thousand rounds of ammunition in his car. He had a silencer. That's what Jay Miller pointed out. He had a silencer and, and tape. Oh I don't know why he would think that he could do a call with an attorney's. Literally, you've now you've documented where you are, when you are, how you are. How's this guy turns up dead? You're the first person they're going to look at. The only person, probably. If the, the guy disappears, if you're going to shoot him, disappear his body, and then everybody go, "Oh, he left the meeting. I never saw him again." <laughs> Guess he's out of the line. You're business. the only guy who had a grudge with him, right? right? That he's suing. So and you killed him. We. Stop getting money from this guy. Mm-hmm. He stopped paying our salespeople and so on and so yeah, forth. That was the tape I gave you. Mike. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. Mike <laughs> called him and explained the Well, the I call. didn't call him. I called. I talked to Birch. I didn't talk to Dahl that much. I was fighting with Dahl, but I talked to Birch a lot because Birch was our executive inside California Shiners. He was making our product. He's also in our deal, so was, he's very, you know, tied into how Mangria sells because he's commissioning those sales. And probably more reasonable to talk to than Dahl. Oh, yeah. Birch is a great – you'll hear. He's a great guy. So at some point, I say to Birch, hey, you know, our sales guy that we brought in, the Dahl insulted, but has been selling really well, has sold $100,000 of product. He's owed 10000 in commission. His commission was 10%. And he tells me Dahl hasn't paid him. You tell Dahl to, from me, if he doesn't pay our guy, he's a liar and a thief, Right. So that was like Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon on my, on my phone. I get a, I get a message from this guy, Robert Dahl. You son of a bitch. How dare you? You call me. You don't have the guts to face me. You don't call me a liar or a thief. 
So I, I immediately dialed the phone. And I, he answers, <laughs> like, you. here I am. Oh, my God. And so then Chuffy's got it on tape. Oh, you can roll it. That's please. me at my desk at Jimmy Kimmel Live. This is at Jimmy Kimmel Live, by the way. This is, I'm at a television show. Door open. Door, door open, open yeah. to the office. And now you're stupid. What are you guys talking about? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? I'm not talking about your back. I'm talking you to your face. That looks good. Yeah. Are you going to pay Mark Menard? <laughs> Because if you don't pay Mark Bernard, you're a thief and a liar. If you don't pay him, you're a thief and a liar. He, he's in freaking good out. Faith, he's telling me he's going to kill sold your product and got you paid for it. It's in your bank account, and now you're holding his check because you got a problem with us. Yeah, and that's it's really smart business on your behalf. <laughs> It's really smart. Oh, now I see Chalky taping me. So, I <laughs> so he is screaming at me, "You motherfucker! I will kill you! You don't!" Because he, we don't know it until just now. He's a sociopath. Way to stay on topic, though. Not uh, take the "I'm going to kill you" bait. And also, well, who that, people say that. Who knows? He's an actual killer. Right? I didn't realize that. <laughs> people say that. People <laughs> say, that. "I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you!" Yeah. This guy actually owns guns and Casual kills people. Oh my god! And now, Adam, did you know at the time that that screaming match was taking place? Or uh, I knew shortly after. I, I called Adam and said, "I think we're done with, <laughs> with oh Robert Dahl. We're going to have to find another player because th- this guy's gone. He's gone." And then he had. Now we're out of product. We need yeah. product. He has the product, and now Back we have to figure out how to get the product. Yeah, so from we're out him. of business with him. He's holding. He's claiming he's got fifty thousand cases no, in his 10, warehouse. I think he had ten, or maybe he more. claimed more oh, fifty thousand. Right. Sure, turned out to be like five. Yeah. He had right. product, and we were getting paid, but we wanted that product because we could take that product and sell it. So we got. I sued him. We got a lawyer. Sued him, just like everybody else has sued him. This guy's the most sued guy in Napa. He's in and out of court every day. Mm. And we managed to get our hands on the product. We send a third party up there, and they get physically the product. We put it in a warehouse, and we were able to move it. So we're out of business with Robert Dahl. All that's left now is us finding another producer to get paid. And that was the funny part. I went with that guy, the sales guy you heard I was screaming about not getting paid. He took me on a tour of other producers. We needed another Robert Dahl in Napa to keep making the product because people have demand. At this point, BevMo is, is carrying the product. And and total wine. You have and, orders to fulfill. Yeah, we and Ralph's bought a thousand cases. You know, and, so. and the the money that either you're owed, or the salespeople are owed, or that he owes to you and your associates is just a wash. Gone. It's Gone. just what you're you not need to do. you're not going to pierce this company. He's 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 absolutely belly up, uh, gone. He's, nobody's going right. to get paid. Right. We were lucky because we got our brand got back. Your, you got your money. We got some product Products. back. We got most of our money because he needed Adam. He couldn't just stiff Adam out of the box where he stiffed everybody else because he needed Adam. It was the, here's the part that got interesting is uh, up into that screaming match we had, he had been pushing me very hard to get into the beer business with him. He was moving. We didn't know it, why he was so interested in beer. He was like, I'm going to create a craft brewery here in Napa because that's what Napa needs, craft beer. <laughs> that's, that's what people go to Napa for exactly. is, is the beer business. That's, that was his vision. It wasn't a vision. It was a con. He conned some investors, that poor contractor – to yeah. build a brewery. Electrical contractor, I Exactly. Think. And right. that guy, you know he brought in all his vendor buddies, his interiors, his floors, his plumbing. They all probably gave their materials for free, their labor for free. They all had a piece of the action. Right. And so he built a craft brewery that we – on the piece they even showed, he wasn't even – Brewing the, the beer, yeah. right? right? He was buying the beer on the side and and representing it as like homegrown craft Tastes beer. Tastes like Heineken. Yeah, I mean, the guy was just such a criminal that he would – everything was a con. Everything was a steal. Everything was money off the top. 
you can make a lot of money if you just take all the money off the top and don't pay your vendors, don't pay your partners, don't pay your royalty guys. It's great business well, as long as you can. That's what they said. It. They said, was this a Ponzi scheme? And the guy answered, yes, except nobody got paid. <laughs> right. Not even the guys at the top. Nobody. Adam Carolla was the only guy who got paid. Wow. Yeah. Lucky yeah. man. That's I right. said Adam, you know, as bad as it all was, he kind of did us a favor because <laughs> we got a great product going. We made most of our money. We got all our product back. And we had our brand. Like everybody else like, who had done stuff with him was destroyed. They were done. They couldn't pick it up and take it. We had so much momentum going that we were able to find another producer and have had that same producer going and maintain the you – know, we're five, six years in now. And the product's doing very, very well. Well, it's just an incredible story. They they sort of brought us up, me up in the middle of it, but they didn't really quite – they quite got it right, and it's weird that no one wanted any comments or anything from. I, it's, yeah, it's you, uh, the the most. There, okay, so I've said this a million times. I, I, I said to anyone, you'll never know how off the news is until they start doing stories that include you or about right. you, and then you realize just how wrong they get everything now. Now, every time you pick up USA Today, assume they're that wrong about everything that's not about you. Right. But if they do you, they always screw up the story, and they they, they, they screwed just it missed up the opportunity. They just missed it. Yeah, well, I, they, they were selling this poor victim as like as Gina was saying. He put two hundred thousand dollars in a Maj Jabrani film that debuted at South by Southwest, and he was like they represent him as Dolls Connection to Hollywood. What mm, the guy's no. a tech guy who wrote a yeah. check. I mean, Adam's sitting here doing the biggest show in the internet every day with Hollywood stars on it. We were his meal ticket into Hollywood. He came down here. I set him up with Sweeney. You, I don't know if you remember. He came down to Amalfi, and we were talking about him buying Amalfi from Sweeney and setting up a beer operation down there. That's. I mean, he was very serious about the beer thing again, right? So they didn't even research that from the CBS side. Yeah, they never really do. I mean, Can you look, imagine I'm, if we had done a deal with him down here? Uh, I'm not. And he had killed uh, Sweeney. Uh, and you, you'd feel bad about that? <laughs> I'd get over it. Sweeney owes me a few bucks for the restaurant. Uh, can I ask yes. a follow up? Um, so, Brian asked, uh, you know, do you think he knew he was going to kill this guy? And you said, absolutely. I do. Do you think he knew he was going to kill himself? No, I don't think. I don't think that was. I think his plan was to kill the guy, disappear the body. Have some crazy story how he left the meeting. I never saw him again, right? And he just disappears. But for some reason, he missed. Well, he, because he shot this dude in front of the sheriff. Well, he shot at him inside, and right. the guy ran. Right. This guy had the presence of mind to run and on his cell phone called 911. Right. So by the time he ran from the office of the vineyard to the front field of the, yeah. the highway, the intersection, the cops were already there. Dahl rolls up on a truck with the cops in full view, gets out, and he's already shot the guy. The guy's been shot a couple times. He grazed him in the head and shot him somewhere else and put one right in his head and killed him right in front of the police. Because at this – I guess in his mind, he had so the, – the jib was so up yeah. Then he had no – there was no other recourse than to flee, and then once they cornered you, you killed Can't you just kill yourself? He's a sociopath. Jeez. He was going to kill the guy because he couldn't escape the litigation. The guy was not going to let go. Everybody else let go. We let go. Right. You know, and then you move on. You yell at each other. This guy was going to get his money back and was going to you know, just ruin his reputation in that town. And Dahl still wanted to – for whatever reason, he, he told me one time – he got really pissed when, I, when he heard we were trying to find other producers. You don't – you don't. You shouldn't be taking other meetings around this town. I'm loved in this valley. He literally said that, and I'm like, <laughs> people hate you. Literally, I've told people have said they they think you're the biggest asshole they've ever met. <laughs> you stiff people. You lie to people. You're hated. Poor you're, you people. I couldn't find anybody. Give I me said, some names. I literally said, if this guy ends up, I said this years ago. 
If he was found dead in a ditch in Napa, you wouldn't find one suspect. There'd be 18 <laughs> suspects because everybody hated this guy. Oh All right. You're saying, too much, uh, you're saying too much. We're up against it. Mike's I would have been one of them. Mike's volunteering uh, man the phone line at the Suicide <laughs> Prevention Center, so he's got he's to pick that. He's got he's to get to that. Not what community service per se. <laughs> the worst suicide prevention. Everyone hates you. <laughs> You're nothing. Not a jury would convict them if they killed <laughs> you. Sure like. You know, uh, you know the thing that I found very interesting about the sociopath, and that I can never quite get my mind around, which is the person that comes up, and all I can describe it as simply as I can describe it is that he had a million bucks plus of this poor guy's money. Um, then he shot him. Then the cops were around, and he somehow felt it necessary to kill him, to execute yeah. him. Yeah. And it's a the sociopathic part, and I've dealt with this. We've all dealt with, like, miniature versions of this with people, which is they come up and they kick you in the shin as hard as they can, and then you push them in the shoulder and go, hey, and they go, you pushed me. Ow. Right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, they're I, always the victim. Yeah. But how can you... How can you manufacture the anger, the ire, the whatever to execute a guy with a wife and kids and everything else who you owe a million dollars to? I know it's because he's suing you, but it's so weird to have those emotions of I'm killing you because you're suing me, but I'm suing you because you took a million dollars. When I got the call that when it happened, this all went down, Birch called me and said, Robert Dahl's been shot, is shot shot and killed. I'm like, oh, who shot him? He goes, oh, no, no. He shot his investor. Like he shot his investor. The investor's supposed to shoot him. That's how <laughs> right. this is supposed to work. That's that's no, no. He killed his guy and then had to kill himself. That's oh that's God. how you know you're dealing with a criminally insane person. He was an incredible story, as told by uh, Mike August. Um, yes. So we'll. Uh, Bring uh, Jay Miller in here in a second. Jay first, Man Graham Miller. First, I'll tell you about uh, Bet DSI. 20 years plus paying winners, A rated sports book review sites. Um, I play there myself. I recommend Bet DSI. We use it, uh, use your sports knowledge, make a little extra cash. Easy to use. You can use uh, RJ's Parlays, man, and uh, work with uh, Bet DSI and put a little extra cash in your pocket this year. They got a great uh, mobile playing interface. You play, you win, you get paid. Odds on all things football, including uh, live betting and the prop bets. That's fun with the Super Bowl coming up. And live betting's fun, too. I mean, you bet first half one way, bet second half another way. All the major sports, politics, reality TV, pretty much everything out there. Bet DSI has you covered. Use the code Corolla25 for 25 bucks free wagering. Just uh, for registering, decide to deposit and get 200% bonus match on your money. So go to BetDSI, promo code Corolla25, get to 25 to get started. That's BetDSI.com, Corolla25. All right, uh, we'll get a little um, uh, update from uh, Jay Miller, former assistant. You. Former assistant <laughs> Jay Miller. Mike August, me and him up on stage, everyone. Irvine yeah. Improv coming up twenty fifth. Cobra, Mike, very good on his feet. People hate you. We get it, Mike. Jeez, pile on. All right, we'll listen to uh, a little uh, good sports, and we'll be right back. People hate you.
Hello, sports fans. Welcome to Podcast One's Good Sports. Dave Damashek here. Adam Carolla there. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs draw ever closer. Fantasy football further on the horizon. But we have to finish up what we started uh, talking about yesterday on Good Sports, Adam Carolla. That being the fantasy football league and the current state of it. I am the reigning champ. And that means that part of my reward, part of the booty is I get to kick somebody out at the draft next September. Now, Bill Simmons went on his podcast and announced to Bill Simmons, to uh, Cousin Sal, he's quitting the league because he doesn't want me to have the satisfaction of kicking him out. Mm. But the wrinkle is he thinks that if he quits the league, he's just taking the year off and he'll be back. This is his one-year kickout. He's self-imposed. You don't get to do that. Or or, or do you? I'd, I'd be interested in your objective uh, position on this. Well, as much as I dislike both of you... Mm. I would have to say you have to treat him like this country treats Roman Polanski, which is you're allowed to flee to France for this crime. <laughs> it's Polanski. Well, you got to uh, – one thing about Polanski, uh, you want to talk about going for the brass ring. Like, hey, I need a Quaalude. I need a 14-year-old, but I'm going back door. <laughs> like, for me – that's uh, that's that's the brass ring. Uh, you You're know, gonna do it, do it right. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, little sodomy in uh, in uh, Jack's uh, bath uh, hot tub over there. But so my thing is, is Roman Polanski committed this crime in like 1974, something like that. Thirty mm-hmm. <clears throat> some odd years later, if he lands at LAX, he gets arrested. Right. He doesn't get to rape some 14-year-old in the hot tub, go to Paris for a year, and then come back and make Rosemary's Baby Part 2, The Awakening, the year later. He gets I'm arrested. the looted 14-year-old he, in this equation, right? You're the 14-year-old right. that's, been, that's been drugged and sodomized. Except in this case, this 14-year-old's hand in a championship trophy. I'm saying... I got it. When Polanski lands on U.S. soil, he gets arrested. No matter, it's it, again. It's been thirty-five wow. years. He it's will fair. be. He'll be arrested if he gets here. And I think the same with Simmons. He's allowed to not partake and participate the following year. But whatever year he comes back, he slapped the cuffs on him and he goes into the hole. What, what are we do? What are we doing as a society? What kind of what? What law are we? Forty what? years. What are we? Forty doing? years. Polanski's been in in Europe. I mean, all right. So listen, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure the sports guy will have a perfectly pleasant life going forward. But uh, just he can as go to France, Polanski can't come into the U.S. soil, and uh, and Simmons shouldn't be allowed to walk into that uh, sports bar in Hollywood. He's going to have to play fantasy soccer in France. I'm sure it'll be fine for him. He loves mm-hmm. the soccer. I think these days he'll do oh. an NBA. Listen, that what an outrage! What an outrage to what? What, what, what are we? Do? Our society is not constructed so that the uh, so that the felon gets to announce what his. Punishment will be. 
I agree. I, I think the only fair way to do it is to Polanski. We we have to institute the Polanski. And can rule. I just tell you one more thing? The rub of it is, it's I he had not he, legitimately. I am not. I, I the rule is, I would say it's about a fifty fifty split. Some people are delighted by the diabolical nature of the kick out thing. People think it's very funny. It's the people, best. Well, it, you know what I? You know what the great thing about the kick out thing is. Anything that illustrates the difference between men and women, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by. And this is a very male thing. How so? Females would never be this cruel to one another. <laughs> they would talk a lot of shit about the other person behind their back when they got up to leave or whatever it is. But they would never do it this way. Shame. This is this is a this is a male thing. I want I once watched. My friend, in the middle of, uh, again, like this is as male as this, in the middle of the, the dead of winter, not that it snows out here, but if you get up in the Laurel Canyon, you get up in the hills, it'll, at night, it'll get down in the 30s. And, uh, I watch Ray sitting in my friend's backyard, and he would play Snake, our other friend, at backgammon, and just sitting outside at night in the winter, and the loser had to jump into the pool. <laughs> And it was freezing. <laughs> Women don't think that way. Yeah. You know, they don't think they think winner. You give me a massage or winner. You give me five dollars. But I think winner. I, I get to punish you. That's my <laughs> that's how I win your pain. Yeah. Snake and, and, and rain didn't. They weren't any richer for the other guy jumping into the pool, they weren't any further along in their life. The other person was miserable. That was their pleasure. I guess that says something. You know, that's certainly true for me. That uh, like most human beings, our pleasure comes from knowing that at least the baseline is what we always seek in life. It's the reason I watch The Bachelor on occasion is because I can always then say, "All right, I'm a big loser." But then when I watch The Bachelor, I say. But at least I'm not as big a loser as those guys are. You know, I agree. And I want to be clear. I mean, I just same I, as the I guy be, jumping in the cold water. I want to be clear just for a second because Bill is a friend. Polanski's not as bad as Simmons. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. Fair, I want to be clear. And I'm, I Polanski's think I was. not a friend, but he's the newest member uh, of South Fantasy League. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the punishment. You got to go full Polanski. I like it. Polanski. He's a perfect addition because he has no chance of winning the league. To be fair, neither did Simmons. But uh, <laughs> Polanski's got to be on Skype for the draft. <laughs> I mean, what an outrage. What kind of way is that to behave yourself? To, I'm not giving him the satisfaction. I'm, I wasn't. He was not even on my mind. He was not. I, half the people love this rule. The other half of us hate it. I know Hench doesn't like it. I'm pretty sure Simmons doesn't like it. I don't like it. It's the greatest. It's steaks. Everyone is well-to-do. What's a hundred bucks or it's buying a steak meal? It's not about the loot. It's that's about the humiliation. I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's why you can't <laughs> buy humiliation. I mean, look at Weinstein. All I, the money, all the riches, all the fame in the world destroyed. Weinstein or Simmons? Hmm. Oh, we mean who? <laughs> I say we kick out Simmons. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it's just an outrage, and that 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 he thinks that that's it. If he quit, though, he, that's the only thing. You quit, that's it. You know, you either show up and you and you and you and you take what you got coming to you, or don't have coming to you. you don't well, know. then, all right. But so what happens? All right. So you win the league, whoever 
wins gets to choose on draft day, the day before the season starts. Everyone has to show up. No, nothing done by email has to be done right. ceremoniously. Sure. If Simmons doesn't show up preemptively because he knows you're going to cut him, do you still get to cut somebody? I, In that case, I have already alerted Commissioner Sal of my intentions. I have already placed one noteworthy football man named Matt Money Smith, voice of the Los Angeles Chargers, as a viable uh, installation at the last minute. Matt Money Smith has graciously agreed to participate in our fantasy league and replace the sports guy, Bill Simmons. I think that's, I mean. But who do you cut? I mean, what, I'm going to tell you that here and now? I don't even know. But do you get to cut yes. somebody? If I add somebody, yes. And then... I, there's a, you do not get to quit the league and deprive me of my my victory, which in part includes cutting somebody. I will bring somebody to be the, the 11th team but then owner and then kick somebody. what about the protest of the I, person you cut knowing that Simmons... Now, that person's going to have a beef with Simmons because they wouldn't have got cut, but now you've cut them right, because Simmons, them Europe. Simmons left. But then the next year when Simmons comes back, you don't get to cut Simmons because you used your cut. My contention is... <laughs> That if Simmons walks out the door, not unlike Roman Polanski, onto U.S. soil, will never be allowed to come back in. I mean, I think that's a, I think if we took this to a court of law, and I thought I was sitting in the highest court in the land currently, but apparently I was mistaken. All right. Let's so have a trial. You know what? That's the resolution. Let's a have trial. a trial. Let's get Sal in here. He knows his way around a courtroom, right? Mm-hmm. He was a lawyer, at least, I think. I think he just ate in his car the whole time. That's what he described. <laughs> That's how he described it to me. So he could eat that a lot a of sandwiches degree. in Close his car. Enough. All right. I'll, I'll get, Garagas is going to be in Ooh. soon. We can talk to him about oh, it. Oh, what's he again? He's a, a uh, defense attorney, He's right? everything. So he'll know. He'll know uh, what to well, do. I want Garagos on my side. I want him Everybody, being the yeah. prosecutor on the sports guy Simmons. Let's see who he shows up with. Oh, oh this is coming together. All right, we'll uh, continue to figure this out as well as the NFL playoffs and beyond. Podcast One Sports, Good Sports, out. Good sports. This week on For Crying Out Loud with Lynette Carolla and Stephanie Wilder-Taylor. The two that are moms... Wanted to plan this trip. Okay. And they really wanted to, like, just go the two of them because mm-hmm. they didn't... The other one is, like, too much of a go-getter. And they're more no-getters. Yeah, they're no-getters. <laughs> <laughs> that's a no-getter for me. Right? Yeah. So they're, like, they love the one that's a go-getter, uh-huh. but they're, like, we just want to be no-getters. <laughs> we just want to, we just want to like, lounge, watch I TV. I love that you love that word. <laughs> Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Podcast One. Developing news from Napa. Two men are dead after a shooting, a police chase, and a standoff. A business dispute between the owner of Dahl Vineyards and a millionaire investor turned deadly. They found two men in a vineyard. One of the men had been shot in the head. He died from his injuries. The other man, still armed when deputies arrived, jumped into a black SUV and led police on a chase. Now, back to the Adam Carolla Show. Yeah, interesting. Intrigue. Jay Miller. Jay Joe is Get my kids on, right? uh, know him. <laughs> Jay was uh, my assistant for many years and then uh, took over Corolla Drinks with uh, Lynette Corolla and has been doing that ever since. 
Also, uh, people hate you. A carpenter. <laughs> He's not that bad. As well. Mm-hmm. I think he uh, yeah, learned yeah. some carpentry from me back in the day. Yeah. He helped build this very studio. Yep. That's right. We did a lot of projects. We did a lot of projects together. And now uh, off to uh, Corolla Drinks. So, uh, Jay, what? Uh, how did we get hooked up in the first place? Was Jimmy's assistant your friend? Yeah, Josh. Josh. But- Butler Josh. Butler Josh. Yeah. <laughs> Butler Josh was your friend from back in, in Illinois. We were frenemies all throughout high school. Oh, we, wow. We went Drama. for the same position in basketball, same mm-hmm. girls. He actually, uh, this is a dumb story, but the girl I was dating every Wednesday night would go to his house for dinner to watch Dawson's Creek, oh. but they were just oh, friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're a chump, Jerry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a couple of years to get on, get on wise to that. No, we, we were buddy. We've known each other since we were four or five years old. So, yeah, he... Uh, he moved out here, and I came to visit a couple times. I met Jimmy, helped clean his garage one day, and I remember there was a stack of comic books. I knew he had a young son, Kevin. I said, because he wanted to throw a bunch of crap away. I said, you might want to hold on to those. Maybe give them to Kevin one day. And he's like, oh, thanks. And then he actually offered me, um, I was going to music school, and I remember Josh called me. He said, hey, Jimmy just said there's a PA job opened up over at Kimmel. Are you interested? And I said, yeah, Absolutely. He's like, all right, well, it starts next week. And I said, ah, I got to finish this program. I just paid, you know, 3500 bucks out of my pocket. I want to finish this music program. You were going to the music uh, institute. The institute in Hollywood. Yeah. Which I is actually, right across from where Jimmy's theater uh, is. Before we had, I don't know if I ever told you this, before we had our first interview together, I saw you walking down the street talking with a writer with a buck slip in your hand. Because I remember <laughs> being interviewed at your house thinking, I remember you walking by with that piece of paper. But Still got my buck slip. More things uh, changed. Filled up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. Josh was working at Jimmy's. I was up there, and then I got a call saying uh, you might need help. You had just taken over the radio show in the morning for Howard. Yeah. And uh, Lynette was pregnant with twins, and you might need a, ha- a helping hand around the house. Yeah, and that's where Jay Miller stepped in. And everyone loved Jay, and Lynette loves Jay, and we love Jay. And so love when uh, when people when, hate you. <laughs> Yeah, no, but we love him. And so when it came time to start with Corolla Drinks, that's where uh, Jay then took over. So, yes. I, no, I was going to say, I remember you called. I had left to take the bar, and you called. You said, I have an idea. Uh, lawyers don't even like being lawyers. Let's uh, get you onto something different. And that was when I went up and I met Robert and Steve. I flew up to Napa to check out the facility and learn this new wine business. I, uh, you changed the direction of Jay's dreams a couple times. I, I've met so many lawyers that were not lawyers anymore. It's 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 a, there's no other job. Dentists don't do this. You know what I mean? All the training, all the money, all the schooling, all the time, all the tests, and all the everything. If you work in Hollywood, almost every single producer you'll deal with was a lawyer who mm-hmm. became a a producer. And then Mike August, Mike of August course, himself. was a lawyer. They don't a call him former prosecutors for nothing. Yeah, I should know. <laughs> Bring that into my courtroom. Oh, wait, I don't have a courtroom. That's right. Someone keeps pointing that out to me. <laughs> the point, our courtroom I'm in, uh, Cousin Sal, I mean, everyone was a lawyer. And then it struck me that uh, unless you have that sort of Mark Garrigus passion for it. The education's awesome. I'm glad I went to the schooling part of it. it Definitely taught me more about life in the first year of, of law school than I'd ever had. You get contract, you get torts, you know, you're either going to sign a cell phone bill, or a cable bill, you know, you're going to want to try to get out of, you're going to want to sue somebody, you're going to get sued, you're going to need to know your criminal rights. And that was all year one. So I was glad I did it. Right. 
But now you're happier working oh, for yeah, Corolla drinks. So let's give a quick uh, plug. I know there's some uh, tours coming up. Loxie's going to be playing and Dawson's going to be playing. And there's going to be stand-up comedy. That's uh, Ventura Theater Friday, January 19th. And then Long Beach. D Piazza's. I hope I said that right. That's yep. January uh, 20th. And uh, let's give us a quick update on uh, Corolla drinks, and we'll go into the news. Well, since uh, Robert Dawes left us, we did find a new producer. We found one that's actually in Paso Robles. They sent down a bunch of samples a couple years back, like four, I think 2014 when this all was going down. We've been with them. They uh, kind of threw out an idea of doing a privatized label wine for you. So we kicked around some ideas. And that's why we launched the 33 right before Thanksgiving this year, which is a Cabernet and a Chardonnay in homage to your racing side and Paul Newman's racing side. Most of your cars are numbered 33. Yeah, he always said 33. 33, the reason for 33 is you can't have two of the same number in a race. So uh, if your car's number 10, it, it can be a little tough. But if your car's number 33, you can take some white tape and turn it into 38 or 83 or or 88 oh. like you you can change 33 into gotcha. a bunch of different combination <laughs> numbers with just a little white duct tape on the side of the door which i actually have done oh, really? before mm-hmm. they'll go there's another one it's a stupid rule because you're driving a red white and blue dotson right. and this guy is a canary yellow yeah. chevy you're like you think anyone's going to get confused that and it's like yeah no so it'd be like saying in football you can't have the same two numbers on the field even if they're on different Redeemed. teams it could confuse people sure. different names on the back but anyway this 33 could easily be changed to a million different combinations it's almost the number for you right very versatile right you can yeah, yeah. Jay right. that's him. what I miss about Jay <laughs> no but it was it's a versatile wine you can you can take it to a barbecue you can take it to a lovely romantic dinner ooh so that was. Uh, we do that only online right now to the 39 states that you can ship direct. We have the IPA we kicked off, which was last year. That's still up and running. That's mm-hmm. going to be soon on our website. And as of today, I got the picture. I couldn't get any product in, but the lager is ready. It's going to be canned oh, tomorrow. Oh, big time. Yeah, Endless rain lager. Mm-hmm. Nice. So nice. it's up and running. You can go to CorollaDrinks.com and uh, say hi to Lynette over there, too, because she's doing an amazing job running that company. And uh, Jay are going to be hosting the uh, Lackey Show as well. <laughs> the Corolla Drinks After Show, hosted by Jay and Lynette every and, Wednesday. And don't don't cut stream live short. Yes. Uh, on your Facebook. All right, Jay Joe, right, thanks, as my guys. kids call him. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you soon, and we'll start getting ready for Appreciate some it. news. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, I should tell people, let's see, what do we got? I want to thank uh, Zoom.us and uh, Geico as well for uh, bringing you the second half of the show and the news and all that good stuff. And uh, without uh, any further ado, let's get going with the news, shall we, Gina Grad? Let's do it. Give me the news with Grad. News with Gina Grad. Breaking viral. All those crazy Trump tweets. Give me news with Gina Grad. Trouble in the Middle East. Celebrity drunk meltdowns. Seek news with Gina Gina Grad. The news with Gina Grad. 
Well, Weinstein, there is some new Weinstein news. He has been tucked away for a while now, but he is back in some way. Harvey Weinstein can expect negative reactions from people wherever he goes, but the disgraced movie mogul wasn't expecting to be attacked at a restaurant. Weinstein was eating dinner. Ooh. Yeah, this is not a attack is a strong word, but he gets yeah. he gets a couple of smacks in the face. We'll keep showing that to you. Weinstein was eating dinner at a resort in Scottsdale, Arizona when he was uh-huh. approached. Don't do that, man. Don't do that. The guy yeah. gave him a weird sort Double. of almost European yeah. backhand. Dual. Hey, babu. Yeah. Yeah. He was approached by these two dudes seated at the uh, next table. One of the men tells TMZ he walked up to Weinstein, told him he enjoyed his movies, and asked for a photo. He claims Weinstein was a belligerent guy and told him to go away. But the restaurant manager says Weinstein was gracious, said he'd rather not take a picture, and then shook the man's hand. Well, later, as Weinstein left to uh, get up to leave the restaurant, he was followed out by these two guys, and they got into a confrontation. One of the men yelled at Weinstein for his alleged sexual abuse of women and tried to punch him in the face twice, but just got a couple of taps in. The restaurant manager says neither punch landed, but Weinstein stumbled and nearly fell. In the end, everyone parted ways. Weinstein declined to press charges. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird trying to come up with Oscar jokes for Weinstein. (laughs) It's such a weird time we're living in. And also, the way things are moving... You know, the Oscars are two months away. Who knows what's between now and the Oscars? A lot can happen. I mean, uh, look, there'd just be a plain, flat-out tsunami. It could hit Japan again. You know, like, who knows? Yeah, that that final position that the Oscars have is a double-edged sword. Because, number one, you get to see what what other award shows or hosts Mm -hmm. are doing, what the temperature's like out there, all that stuff. But also, a lot of the good jokes have been used, a lot of the concept. People might be a little bit tired of it. I mean, it's it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Jesus, weird. I mean, Weinstein's going to jail. Yeah. No, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, <laughs> is he going to like Jordan Belfort golf jail? I don't. I don't yeah, think they have that country club possibly. stuff with that with that stuff. With yeah, I think yeah. he's going. Right. You know, whatever OJ, wherever OJ, whatever the equivalent. Mm. OJ didn't get country club stuff, right? Yeah. He got jail, jail. jail. All right, yeah. I like that. Well, Fox News reports that a California man accidentally set his apartment on fire while trying to kill a spider. Redding- I like this dude because I've done <laughs> that kind of stuff. There's nothing better than the aerosol can with the. Oh, with that, the matches. Aerosol and matches would be child's play compared to oh, what this really? guy did. Reading fire officials says the man was trying to kill a wolf spider with a blowtorch. Definitely not a Jew. Apparently the spider, which was covered in flames, scurried into a nearby mattress. Flames quickly spread from the mattress to the curtains and several other items in the bedroom, fire officials said. Residents inside the home tried to use a garden hose to put out the flames until the fire crew arrived. Firefighters estimate the damage to the apartment around $11,000. No one was injured and the status of the spider still unknown i don't want to correct you i don't think the spider was set on fire and scurried and away on fire and then set the drapes on fire you think I this think guy's that trying to sounds, stay out, yeah no he just had a blowtorch yeah, and yeah, he was yes. going right. at the spider right. and he hit the he hit the curtain Nobody trips be, and falls onto a light bulb that they then have to get surgically removed from their That's anus exactly right yes yeah, um I don't it could think, happen. I think if you hit a spider with a blowtorch, the spider's basically stopped Done. in its tracks. Yeah, that's it. It when you do the news, and this is kind of my problem with the news, but doesn't it sound cooler 
to picture a flaming spider scurrying across the room <laughs> and then going into a mattress and then setting the mattress on fire. But look, you could get... Uh, It'd be a very controversial episode of Mythbusters. Oh, yeah. Because they'd have to have a hundred yep. wolf, wolf spiders, spiders. and uh, everyone would be Peter upset. Peter would not be pleased. No. Peter would not be upset. But I would bet you if you hit a wolf spider right there. with a flamethrower yeah. or with a blowtorch, it would simply have its appendages burnt yeah. off and it would not go Curl anywhere, up. but it'd fall down yep. and it probably wouldn't even catch on fire. Yeah, it's, it's not a stunt man. It doesn't keep running. It's right, good, and this was reported in the news Fox because news. it's cooler. But here, here's what's here's the uh, dangerous part of what's going on with the news. What would be cooler? Like yeah. whatever the story is, it could be out of the apartment or out of the White House or whatever it is. Like that sounds good, but yeah. it's not as good yeah. as this. We can make this yeah. more titillating, right? There's also a sort of uh, you know intentional deni- deniability with the news, where they're like, "Hey, he claims this is how it happened. Who yeah. are we to you know? We're just reporting that that's the claim." It's like, well, like, you could use your brain. One blowtorch. Uh, the the fire chief could probably explain to you that yeah. the spider wasn't engulfed in flames and running across <laughs> yeah. the room and then setting the curtains on fire. That would yeah. be. You give the myth Mythbusters ten thousand chances at that. I don't think they could pull that off. Although I would definitely watch that episode. This guy is trying to stay out of trouble. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Fox News also reports that a Dallas woman is challenging allegations that she caused at least three hundred thousand dollars in damage to a prominent Houston attorney's art collection, including Andy Warhol paintings, at the end of their first date. Prosecutors say the man uh, named Tony Busby, also an attorney uh, who was on the date, told investigators the twenty-nine-year-old girl became intoxicated and belligerent, and that oh. she shattered two twenty-thousand-dollar uh, sculptures and poured wine on paintings, including two Warhols uh, worth about 500 grand each. Definitely not a Jew. Hey, find... uh, Let me give Max a piece of of homework. Find a BMW art car uh, Warhol. Ooh. I, I... I I I like to uh, I like to shit on artists as much as uh, humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Andy Warhol BMW would do art cars, and like Andy Warhol painted one of them, it's probably worth two hundred billion dollars now. But it's also Andy Warhol painted it, or my son could have painted it. It, it, it wouldn't really matter. Like it, it was easily done by by anybody. Like dripping rainbow colors. It's just I I. I Look, if I some of the stuff was kind of interesting, but most of the stuff just seemed like is. Can somebody point out an Andy Warhol? Oh, that actually was painted by him. Yes. Oh, I thought it was like in the style of you know. No, no, no. There aren't cars. They're done by the BMW. Has had artists paint their race cars, and the Andy Warhol car looks like. Somebody drank a bunch of paint and took a dump on top of BMW M1 Pro car, and it doesn't appear to have any skill or any ability or anything. Looks horrible. Other than marketing yourself, which is a skill, mm-hmm. does somebody have an example of like an Andy Warhol painting where you go, my God, I could never do that. Like that is that. Boy, you better be good to do that. Like, I'd like I look to see at you paint a can of tomato soup. I look at the BMW art car and I go, I think I could do that if I was high enough and bored enough. And, and by the way, I wouldn't do it because a BMW Pro race car is a beautiful car. Now you've kind of desecrated it. 
Is there, and I know he's taken, you know, Marilyn Monroe and, and done the outline yeah, or whatever, and some of it and, and whatever, but is there something you can kind of point to where you went, don't tell me you could do this. And uh, as Dawson alluded to in previous episodes, we took a tour of museums in the Netherlands and went and saw the Dutch master's paintings and you went, could not, couldn't draw the one guy's finger. Forget about the entire banquet scene. I couldn't draw one of the guy's fingers. It wouldn't look right. Andy Warhol. Not that guy. No, nothing, right? Yeah, square inch of one of those paintings at the uh, Dutch Museum is way more intricate than than (laughs) than an entire canvas of Andy Warhol stuff. All right, but anyway. His stuff's worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. And this chick was pissed and drunk, apparently. And uh, the Dallas Morning News cited in the criminal report that she, quote, tore paintings off the wall with her hands and threw sculptures across the room. Prosecutors reportedly alleged that... Were they, uh, but they weren't Warhol sculptures, No, right? there were two sculptures and then a couple Warhol paintings on the walls. Right. So, but the... Because I'm now I'm picturing a Warhol sculpture, no, but those... I just take a block of yeah. of clay and smash your fist into it, and then glaze yeah. it, or some shove a pencil into it, and, and go. Say you're that, welcome. You don't get it, dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she uh, then hid in his home when he arranged an Uber for her. She's free on thirty thousand dollar bond. I am just speculating. I have no idea. But you saw the picture of this lovely, pretty girl. Her name's like Lindy Lou, and. Um, this is their sure, quote, the, the first picture, date. The picture looks like she's had a little. So, okay, couple things. Premature work done. Mm-hmm. Preemptive. Now, uh, having work done, plastic surgery when you're in your twenties always feels a little weird to me. It feels mm-hmm. like something psychological is going mm-hmm. on because there's really not much to do at that age. But some lips, some nose, some I don't know what, and then yes. My, I'm. This is just spitballing. Nothing else. If she, this tw- hot, you know, twenty nine year old Barbie comes over for a first date with this attorney, ends up getting wasted and tearing paintings off the wall. Was this a transactional date? Do you think this was a normal date as we know it? Ah, I'm wondering if she wasn't receiving payment. I don't know. I have no idea. Just trying to put this together. Guys that collect art generally don't pay for sex, so I'm going to say no. Mm. The, hmm? Yeah, probably you may have. Okay. <laughs> there's a new I'm generalizing about our collectors, right? Uh, I don't know. But wouldn't you guys say that there's a new realm we're in, which is kind of a pussy Bitcoin, which is like unclear. Like it used to be, I'm going to go get a prostitute. Like I'm going to the corner and I'm going to go get a prostitute. Now there's a kind of a nether region of women who aren't, Technically, prostitutes They're not for sale, but uh, you can lease them. But they'll come by, mm-hmm. and if you if you'd like to lease them, Alexis, mm-hmm. and uh, take nice care of bag. them a little bit. I mean, I know this stuff has always existed, but I mean, it's 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 it's. It, I feel like it's opened up more now. prevalent. Well, that maybe the internet has gotten these people mm-hmm. together, and it's sort of understood that I'm not a prostitute, but I can be bought. It's it's it's. it's <laughs> thank you. Oh, it's like it's like when when. You go to a strip club, you're standing by the stage, the chick's uh, shaking her coolie, and you go, here's five bucks, and she goes, set it down. And you set it down, and then she picks it up. Right. 
We're insane, by the way. I'm so I'm, I hate the fact that I'm an atheist. I do because all the only thing that makes sense to me is things that make sense. And stupid rules make no sense. Like no, no, no. Don't hate. You yeah. can't hand can't it to it. You money. can't. No, she can't take it from you. Oh, I'm going home then. No, no. Set it down right in front of her, and a millisecond later she'll pick it up. But you can't be touching it. Like what if what if she bent down to pick it up and then you touched a corner of the five dollar bill? Like no, you can't hand it. Set it down. She says thanks and then picks it up. Just weird. It's like, like oh, what, what, how's the waiter work with the tip? You, you can't. <laughs> no, yeah, you can't don't. You have to set it on the ground. Yeah, put it on yeah, your they, chair. They set it on the. They yeah. Set it on the bank, banquette, and you just set it on on there, and then he'll pick it up. But don't hand it to him. He won't yeah. use his hands. <laughs> yeah, you got to put it in his jeans. Which is weird, right? Yes. So there's a there's a new world where I think there's people that assume they'll be taken care of. Yeah. Possibly yeah. by a guy with paintings. Mm-hmm. Also, this is blackout drunk. Oh, for when sure. When you get blackout drunk, there's people that get blackout drunk and just sort of Destroy free. Thing. Roll just blank complete, tape. Complete uh, free. But if you're yeah. going to do it, go after the Warhols because that guy's a hat. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So she's a hero is what you're saying. Yeah. Him and Lou Reed must have been great friends. I bet oh, they were, actually. Oh, absolutely. They yeah. had to Studio be the best, the, the best yeah. of friends. Like two guys who fooled everyone, did nothing, got by completely because stupid people love posers. And they just had zero product. Yeah. Here's yeah. how it works. And they see Besties. each other. They go, Lou, Andy. <laughs> There's oh, Andy Warhol, Lou Steve's. Can I ask you this? I know I've uh, brought this up before. Is there such a thing, Bald Brian, as a Lou Reed, Andy Warhol forward playing in the NBA? Starting in the NBA, a guy who had no ability, but was like all attitude, just that you could fool, no. covet. Just charm. No, this is no why. Even the, the Dennis Rodmans of the world who were more famous than they should have been because they were outrageous, he still had game. He was first team all defense. He was a, he was a great player. This is why we love sports. I'm, I, I am completely and utterly convinced that our attraction, mm. uh, uh, not, not that, oh, everyone likes sports, everyone loves sports. Oh, no, we're attracted to sports in, in a very, like, and it's imperative. It's because there is no such thing as Lou Reed and or Andy Warhol in the NBA. I think, no fucking posers. I think deep down, yes and, I think deep down, that's why people have a real uh, uh, instinctive resistance to LeVar Ball and his whole Ball family because outside of the one guy who's playing for the Lakers who's kind of okay, the, the two kids are not good players, but yet we all know them. We almost talk about them on SportsCenter. They must all lead SportsCenter every day because force of personality, he just gets in front of the cameras and says outrageous things. But you're not doing yourself any favors. Like you said, you're he's making yourself... huge favors, though, because no, he's... You're he's, making yourself hateable. Well, we live that in a world that doesn't yeah. have any shame anymore, but those two... The, those hate you. <laughs> those two kids... They don't care. No matter how much ink they get, mm-hmm. are never going to start on any NBA no, team unless they can play. Andy Warhol There's a couldn't play in Lithuania right now. And Lou Reed couldn't write a song or sing or play. It couldn't it couldn't do anything. And yet we know who they are, and that doesn't exist in sports. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. Good and point. the other thing about sports, the second you can't do it, you're gone. Yeah, you're right. No matter you're what. Cut. I don't care. Joe Namath. I don't care. You go to the Rams, years, you're gone. You won Boom. Championships. You're gone. Whoever you are, you're right. done. The second you can, you can't play anymore. Right. That's right. Good point. 
Well, Apple is catching heat about the iPhone from none other than the phone's co-creator, according to CNN, Tony Fidel. He was a former Apple executive who designed the iPod and the iPhone. He tweeted that device addiction is real and Silicon Valley has to fix it, saying it'll be up to our phones to tell us when we've spent enough time on it because we clearly can't be but trusted. Telling- we we cover this a little bit, but it was like it's like in the eighties when there were the cigarette companies were arguing, you know, nicotine's not addictive and this that, and the other, and then at a certain point we're like, This product you're making is killing people now. Now fix it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well we'll put little warning labels right. on our packs of cigarettes, but our entire business is selling these. Yeah, what's done So done. how hard are we going to try to get people not to buy these yeah. cigarettes? Right. And it's like, oh, we won't advertise at sporting events. How about that? The addictive quality is a big cog in our wheel. <laughs> right. So it's the linchpin. Well, he has a couple ideas. He continued that Google, Facebook, and Twitter have, quote, gotten so good at getting us to go for another click, another dopamine hit. They now have a responsibility and need to start helping us track and manage our digital addictions across all usages, phone, laptop, TV. Uh, he also said that government regulations might be needed if these companies don't step up. Yeesh. Yeesh. Can I tell everybody probably some little sort of tips or tricks, sort of like, hey, if you're trying to lose weight, um, don't eat after 8 p.m. in the evening and uh, then don't have breakfast before 8 a.m. the next day and then you'll go 12 hours without eating. You know, like this kind of basic whatever things. Uh, Shut your phone off when you get home. Just shut it off. Yeah. And uh, go about whatever it is you're you're doing. Get an old school alarm Shut off. And then people kind of go like, whoa, whoa. How am I going to know what's going on? Well, it's like, I don't know. How did you know what was going on before you had a phone? You're better and off ha- for not knowing. How did your parents yeah. know what was going on? And then they always, everyone always goes, what if there's an emergency? I bet someone could find me if there was an emergency. As a matter of fact, it has happened where like things have happened and I, I don't have my phone. Yeah. I know somebody figures out something and they run somebody down and they go do something and right. they do it. But how many emergencies do you have versus... How much Sleepless of your nights. life is getting sucked away? Just yeah. start getting into the habit of it. It's not uh, It's not that big a deal. And I, I, I find, I think you'll probably appreciate it. I think that's a great tip and dovetails nicely into this next story because California public health officials are warning people to keep their cell phones away from their bed at night and not to keep them in their pockets as these are two ways to reduce exposure to uh, radiation. The California Hold on. Uh-oh. Hold on. Okay. Can California have any reasonable conversation about invisible? We talk a lot about in, invisible threats. We have figured out, again, that there's like a third, maybe even a fourth hand smoke. Fourth and hand, we've yeah. figured out Thinking that there's it. all these radon gases and things that uh, they have a lot of silent killers you can't say anything until you start enforcing the leaf blower law because yeah. that is far That's a more dangerous yeah. not silent at all it is and also then the people go well how about we do the electric ones those aren't so loud it's still a plume of noxious gas it's still a plume of stuff that was on the road on the road Mind it's dormant. in your lungs yes. and the particulate matter is so on such a scale, at such a size, 
that it gets lodged in your lungs and it can't, you cannot process it and it doesn't pass through. It's just in your lungs. For, for the kids who go on the walks on Saturdays, when they walk through that stuff, that's just in their lungs. That you're so and worried about their lungs and their health. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So can we address this thing before we get into all the possible things about the cell phones in your pocket and the testicular cancer and all the stuff that there is no real science on and no one's really heard of? Can we work on this thing that everyone agrees on, all scientists agree on, and that we that is hurting our um, quality of life? Can we enforce a law that's on the books? Nice. Before we start getting into the fairy tale stuff, well, you're not going to want. Is no, you're not going to want me to continue. Yet continue. here I go because so, you're worried about the kids, right? I am worried about okay, the kids. Well, some experts are even cautioning parents to limit their children's cell phone use because the devices uh, will affect your child's brain. Didn't we? Well, look, what's what affects their brain is what's on the phone and the constant gratification and this no that this. The, the, what affects their brain negatively is the zero foreplay in life. And no. yes, the zero foreplay is, it, it can be easily explained. What are you talking about? Well, foreplay. You must look forward to things that happen in the future. Right. If everything just hits you immediately, you will almost immediately become miserable. Yes, anticipation is half the part of the enjoyment. Absolutely. Planning a vacation, all that kind of thing. If you think about you think about um my uh Matt DeAndrea was explained to me, you gotta go on my phone now, you gotta read my emails, Chris. It's like uh Putinesca or something, whatever. They were making some Italian dish. He'll show it to show me pictures of it and stuff like that. The point is is I talked to him in in uh, when he was uh, on on Christmas vacation, and, I, and I've told you guys some of this, I think. But he, I said, you know, where are you? And he said, we're at the Sprouts outside of Phoenix. Me and my brother is a chef, and we're buying the ingredients for the meatballs. The meatballs have to be a certain amount beef and pork and uh, uh, veal, veal and blah blah blah. And then we marinate them and blah 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 blah, blah because they're making this big Italian casserole dish that mm. like like t- takes two days, and then it bakes, and then you roll it over and blah blah blah. And it's all foreplay, 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 and then the best meal you've ever had. If you had Barbara Eden standing next to you in a genie outfit, and she could just do that thing with her head and doink and put this Italian dish in front of you, it would seem really cool the first four times you did it, and then immediately you would not appreciate what it is you were consuming. The idea that you can just hit Grubhub and have In-N-Out Burger just show up at your door ruins the half of the experience because half of the experience is eating the In-N-Out, mm-hmm. but the other half is you saying on a on a Wednesday, hey Saturday, let's go to In-N-Out, let's get everyone yeah. together, let's go thing, and then we'll take it back to the park yeah. where we're playing softball, whatever. It's like putting it on the calendar. Yeah. If you just blink and things are in front of you. Hey, Max Pata, he sent me an email probably the day after Christmas, I think, that had a bunch of pictures. Oh, uh, oh my Timpano. God. Timpano is, is what it is. And it's got noodles wow. and it's got crust and Holy it's got shit. the gravy and it's got the whole thing. Meatballs. And 
He this this oh my God. <laughs> it's a giant turducken. It's Get Italian. Is that the thing from Big Night? Turducken. It's the thing from Big it, Night. It is, right? It's the thing yeah. from Big Night. Oh, Sorry, now Brian. Talking. Now our now worlds are colliding. And he described like talking about a slow strip tease at the foot of your bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like true lies. He said. First off, I told my brother, the chef, I said, we're doing timpano. And then I said, uh, we're going to show up a few days early and we're going out shopping. And then he's going to like braise the meatballs, you know, and I'm I'm saying to him, I'm saying to him, and I'm getting, I'm, 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 uh, my mouth is watering, you know, and I'm going, how do you cook the pasta? Tomorrow. He goes, oh, you do it, oh, do it al dente though. So it cooks a little when it's in the kettle. And, and. He's explaining this whole thing, and he's showing he's showing me the pictures. I'm there every step of the way, and he and not, what could taste better after three days? In in the now what I what I said is is this thing they have all these things now. My daughter and her friend and mama were at a place on. Um, last weekend where they provide you with the already baked cakes and then you decorate them mm. you know what i mean look it's we're, oh, we're, we're, we're one step away from uh, they give you a, de- a a cake and then you pay a mexican and then he decorates it and you get to watch right, like, I, i'm like go He's to the your cake go to the kitchen that's right <laughs> get out the get out the pan Cakled. in the whisk you know what i mean like you, we are missing we think this is progress it is not mm-hmm. progress. It is not progress when, and I I, 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 I found this when I did, when I did, when I shot in ni- t- 2001, when I shot um, uh, Hanukkah with Goldberg, right. man show bit, we had to rent the guy's house out to like shoot this bit because it was Hanukkah at Goldberg's house. And I just remember... I was in, you know, you're in someone else's house essentially, and you're using this room and that room. But at some point, you go, "I'm going to the bathroom," you know, to try to find the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I walk past the kids' room. It's always kind of weird to see kids, like nine year olds, like how they're set up mm-hmm. or what their family has for them or how it works. I just walked past the kids' room and I saw a DVD and his rack of DVDs, and it was "How the Grinch Stole Christmas." And I thought. It's no longer any good for you. Yeah. Look forward to I grew up to, oh my God, Channel 7 coming up uh, Sunday night, mm-hmm. 8 o'clock, and oh, running back into the room, running. Oh, it's commercials over. Here we go. Couldn't yep. stop it. Couldn't freeze it. Couldn't rewind it. Had to just live it. And this is when it was on. And if you weren't home, it went on without yep. you. Good luck next year. And if you want to watch that in July, no good. God help you. It is now. It's now been ruined. Oh, look at you, Spandreidel. We're spinning. What's cool? He's resting his wrestling wrestling gear. (laughs) Look at you. Yeah. So I just realized with that timpano, I was just like, this, it's the foreplay. It's the part of life. And it's what keeps you on track. It's what keeps you sane. It's what keeps you focused. It's what keeps you everything. And the mad, the minute, yet, Everyone, every child, and every and many adults lust for a magic wand that could automatically just give them timpano. Yeah. Just I want timpano now. Pow! It's there. If you had that magic wand, I believe you would probably commit suicide 
inside, we'd, you'd get a, a Verve Pipe song mm-hmm. fired up, right, right. and you'd uh, go out to lawn. Sonoma Valley. Yeah. I, I think you would kill yourself inside of six months. Yeah. Most people couldn't handle that magic wand. It'd just be like, they'd be smashed and be like, supermodel, supermodel. I want another blowjob Timpano. from the supermodel. Timpano, supermodel. I'm going to put my dick through some <laughs> Timpano and I'm going to get a supermodel blow. Like, and they would then kill themselves. Yeah. It's all the build. It's all the foreplay. And the phone and the grub hubs and all the on-demand and all the instant everything, mm-hmm. It'll that's what's ruining the kids. Not the radiation. The gratification. Wow. Lest it get lost in that great uh, observation. Big Night. Hell of a movie. Guys, yes. see, Dawson, you seen Big Night? I've never seen That's it. That's a Dawson movie. It's Who's also, in it? Uh, a Stanley Tucci's directing debut. He stars with a young Tony Shalhoub. They're huh. Italian brothers in the 1950s, and they're managing, uh, they own a uh, failing restaurant. Italian, right? Yeah, Italian restaurant. They own a failing Italian restaurant. The one across the street is doing gangbusters, but they're like doing like, you know, Americano mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. They're doing authentic food, so they base this whole, uh, they put everything on this one big night. They're going to get a restaurant critic to show up. They're going to get Louis Prima to show up, like the one big night, and they make it one of these tim- Timbanos or whatever oh, it is, wow. Tim Bellows at the end. Dawson, you would love this movie. Yeah. Oh, Thank you for that rare compliment, Brian. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. All right. There you go. Make it and uh, send me your picture. And I'll tell you guys about Zoom.us. Video conferencing change business. Zoom delivers flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing across any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, or mobile device. Dazzling HD video, 25 people on the screen at once. Great for business. Great if you don't want to travel and all the expense of the hotels and everything. Share anything from any device, word files, spreadsheets, videos from YouTube, photos from your phone. It is absolutely unbelievable technology. Now, this is not what I was talking about with your kids buried in their face all day. This is a business tool, can save you tons and travel expenses and get some business done and then make your timpano that uh, weekend. (laughs) You can set up a green screen, create a uh, backdrop of your uh, client's logo or uh, any image you want. Make it look like you're at a ballpark or at the beach. It is incredible technology. Visit zoom.us. That's zoom.us. Set up your free account. That's right. It's a free account. Set it up today at zoom.us. All right, let's do one more. All right, well, just to put a finer point on what you just said, how often do you eat out every week? There um, are, yeah. you understand, the Color Me Mine and these yep. cake decorating places, there's all these cottage industries that pop up, which is don't do it yourself, pay us to do it at our facility and you know i don't want to be too much of a douche because the wife's with the kids and they're out doing something and it's everything else but the these industries are popping up because this is where we're heading right this the demand is make a cake somewhere else wouldn't have existed 20 years ago i I, i'm sure it exists you can just like show up and make a gingerbread house out of prefab you know pieces you can buy a prefab gingerbread house like a target yeah Yeah, glue it together with frosting i don't think people who build those are happy it it essentially almost sounds like there could be an industry coming up where you can pay someone to have a catch with your kid (laughs) yes while you rent a dad it's what i tell olga to do every night (laughs) throw the ball around with the boy yeah act interested in sunny (laughs) 
Uh, well, if you're like the average American, you go out to lunch uh, and dinner 4.9 times every week. According to the Zagat survey, people in Houston are going out to eat the most, uh, about 5.7 times a week. Dallas, Fort Worth, M- Miami, and L.A. right behind them. I've got to say, yeah. a, um, to be uh, to be quite honest, my enjoyment of going out for a meal has gone down because I do go out much more often than I used to. Yep, I going that. out, back when it was a treat. Going out to a, uh, when when we would do, I think at the beginning of the Man Show, uh, we had a couple of our female producers, uh, producing partners, and higher up in the rank, and um, they would take me and Daniel and Jimmy out to Morton Steakhouse, like. Like once a year, like at the beginning, yeah. like as a as a as a meal when we'd come back for the man show, it was like it was a big deal. Like, hey, we're going to Morton's this Friday, and all that it was like really, really. And then that'd be it for the whole year. Yeah. And then at some point, we'd look forward to the next year when you do it. And for six months, you look back. The next six months, you look forward. Yeah, and I do it now. I do it uh, enough, and that's why you guys, when you have your hey, we're going out for steaks on Friday night. Go top ramen Wednesday and Thursday. Like, build it up yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, Don't. Yep. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So whether it's lunch or dinner, people are eating out around five times a week. Does this count getting food, like take takeout or bring have food delivered, like food from somewhere I think it's, else? It's whatever you're other not than cooking. Your kitchen? Yeah. It's yeah. And that's you know that's kind of the worst of both worlds because if you're going out to a restaurant, at least you're having a new experience. It's a new ambiance. Yeah. You're socializing. You're forced into conversation. Yeah, but if it's just shit that you. Open your door, grab the bag, and slam the door again as fast as you can. That, that's not you just a great skip life. The kitchen step. Yeah. Yes, I will say that the kitchen is kind of the gym for the family, oh. and that you need to hit the gym. You need them in there. You need them like participating, and that doesn't mean go to the gym, open your mail, and leave. That means break a sweat, some like time. get some ingredients out, mix some stuff up, do it together. You know, be be involved. Yeah, like, I I literally just said three nights ago I had a stressful day, a lot of crazy stuff going on, and I I texted on my way home. Do you mind if I just you kind of clear out and I just cook dinner tonight because I just have a lot on my mind. That's my way to relax. That's my way to reset. That's sort of my space. And then you get this reward at the end. I replied, Gina, I'm in my house. I, I know. know. I was so bummed. I, uh, yes, I, it, <laughs> it's very awkward. It, it's it's so it's so weird because for some people it's so counterintuitive. Like, oh, it's a mess. Mm-mm. It's more expensive than going to a restaurant. You know, it's it's everything. It's it's everything that is. A pain in the ass to to use an analogy or a, a, a cooking analogy. It's like everything you put in the kettle is negative. Like, oh, you have to go out, you have to go supermarket, you got to mm-hmm. wait in line. Good luck finding a parking space, especially yeah. this time of year. The Trader Joe's is packed, you know, whatever it is. Then you go home. Then Carry it's like eight hours and hours, and sometimes, yeah, literally more expensive than than going out to eat or whatever it is. And so all the ingredients that go in the pot are like a negative, but what comes out is the greatest stew ever because it's psychic stew. It's good for your brain. It's like good to say I did this. And I talked to so many people that are like, I don't want to hassle with all of the, 
everything's a hassle. But Everything that, worth no, having's no, a hassle. But it's you, all a hassle. If you just change, if if one could just change their mindset a little. If I'm planning a, a dinner that I just feel like making for me or for me and my boyfriend or whatever, it's like a spa day. Picking out what I want, going to the grocery store, picking out every ingredient I want, bringing it back, doing it completely alone, figuring things out. That's like my reward. Right, and I feel the same way about building Natalia her bed or building Sunny the loft. I look at it as this is so gratifying for me, but Mike August would look at it as a big pain in the ass or a lot of people, especially anyone under 40 would look at it as like, what are you hassling with all that? Go get the material, the hardware store in the garage, making a mess. You could hurt yourself. You could cut your finger, you know, whatever. I got to tell you, my daughter, it could, not a fan in the past, completely has changed her outlook on me and life. And when her friends come over and talk about how cool her bed is and how whatever, mm-hmm. the fact that we didn't just go to Pottery Barn Teen mm-hmm. and I didn't get my piece of plastic out and slap it down on the counter, the fact that I built it and we built it together, whatever – Huge difference. Well, Major difference. Now you have her super involved in this stuff. When we saw her Sunday, she goes, I just wanted to go with my dad to get house stuff for the new house. Yep. Ooh, that being said, a money-making venture, Timpano Barn. <laughs> you could go in there and just pick up Timpano yeah. to go. That's good. It'd be three, three, made, three Mexicans in the kitchen slaving away for days and days and days. We just slide in and just take it home in a carryout case, That's like good. a in a hat box. Yep. Well, get those meatballs going. Hat box. Trafe and barrel. All right, so watch Trafe. that movie. <laughs> Enjoy your Thank Timpano. You. Go to uh, go to uh, adamcrawl.com. I'll show you the pictures that Matt said. Max Padam as a man who don't, don't eats, look at this hungry. Like, yeah, it's, it's porn. I'm, it's porn. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm salivating. See Big Night. <laughs> and see Big Night as well. All right. Uh, I'll tell you about uh, Geico, man. Yeah. You don't need to see Chef, but you do need to see Big Night, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Geico. Save hundreds of dollars on your car insurance, and you don't have to go anywhere, man. Just hop on your computer. Go to Geico.com. 15 minutes. You could be saving 15% or more on your car insurance. Take that extra money. Put in your pockets. The most rewarding thing you're going to do all day. Go to Geico.com. Spend a couple minutes and see just how much they could be saving you on your car insurance. Hey, man, Rotten Tomatoes game tomorrow. Always look forward to that. Jeff Cesario, Chet Waterhouse in studio as well. The uh, Seattle cruise, I looked up the boat. I think Paul Bryan looked up the boat. It's a serious, serious world-class ship we're going on. What is the name uh, of the boat? Do we know? Explorer of the Seas? Yes, I think it's the Explorer of the Seas. You guys can uh, look it up, and we'll be uh, setting sail. That'll be September 14th through the uh, 17th. uh, Seattle to Victoria, British Columbia. We're doing a show at the Moore Theater. It's going to be awesome. uh, But it will sell out. They always sell out. So uh, get those tickets at AdamCarolla.com and go to Chassis and all that good stuff. Until next time, Adam Carolla for Mike August and Jim Miller. And uh, Brian Vanderark and uh, Gina Grandball, Brian Say, Mahalo. I'm not a prostitute, but I can't be bought. Follow the Adam Carolla Show on Twitter at Adam Carolla Show. Follow Ace on Twitter at Adam Carolla. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744. Subscribe to Take a Knee. And for tickets and info on all the live events we got going on, Mancria, Endless Rant, books, movies, and more, go to AdamCarolla.com. 